Science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I am Andy Wood. Hey Andy. Hello Matt. It's uh, let's just get, it's too hot for a preamble. We've used that excuse for five episodes It's now. the it height is, of yeah. summer. It's, it's the height it's, of summer. We've, no time to waste. We got back from an Airbnb in Big Bear. Where it was a pleasant 72 degrees, probably. It was very nice. Even a thunderstorm or two. It was great. It was, yeah. There was hail. You got full on hail. Oh, that's right. I put some of the hail in my drink, and then I posted on Instagram about it, and someone's like, yo, that shit's full of like gross stuff. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> but it was so big. I was like, I want to put this like crushed ice in my drink. I'm going to drink weather. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, we have a guest, and she is an awesome comedian, writer, performer, podcaster. Yeah, host all of those Lady things. to Lady, and a Fantasian. Yeah. Oh, is there another? It's Brandy Posey. Hey, Brandy. Oh, it's here. It's me. I can't believe it. It's probably been ten episodes of us talking. <laughs> you have, <laughs> you have seriously been mentioned on this show. I, I don't even know how many. Our listeners are better at keeping track of this stuff than we are. But <laughs> I don't know because we, I, I can't even remember now how a Fantasia came up the I know first how it time. Came up. I saw you post on Facebook about it, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this exists. I'd yeah. never heard of it before. You're like, what am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and then we've mentioned it, and then because we mentioned it the first time, people wrote in with questions and stories, and oh shit, I think I have that too. Yeah. And so we mentioned it in subsequent episodes, and then it's been, I'd say, about f- six or seven different episodes, maybe. I don't know how yeah. many, over the course of the last couple of months, where it just keeps coming back up, because people... We, we had another email... T- a few days ago I can't I'll try and find it from yet another person who heard us talk about it on the podcast and went oh shit I think I have this <laughs> that and makes every, me so happy yeah and every time we mentioned it we've gone Brandy Pose we need to have Brandy no, and also just because she's Brandy. great but yeah. we need to have her on specifically because of this too <laughs> that's like it's so funny because I think that is how everybody finds out about it because there's no I mean we can have an aphantasia section later but there is just like no way that you would know that you have it until somebody explains it and then yeah. you're like what? Or explains the opposite. We should, of it, I guess. just on the off chance uh-huh. that people are jumping into our show for the first time and have not heard any of the previous seven or eight episodes where we've discussed it, let's just, <laughs> what is aphantasia? Aphantasia is basically when your mind's eye is blind and you're incapable of pulling visual memory uh, or being able to visualize anything within your mind. And you found this out? I found this out because a comic in central Pennsylvania has a joke about it. His name is Jeff Kunkel. And I was, he was opening for me and I was watching his set and he did this joke and I was like, what are you saying? What are you even saying right now? He came off stage and the first 10 minutes of my act was me being like, I have that. What are you? <laughs> That's insane. Did you make something up? I was just yelling at him from the, from the stage. So, so it, does he also have it or was he doing a joke about it? No, he also has it. Okay. Yeah, he also has it. <laughs> and, and my friend Carrie Marks mm-hmm. has it as well and discovered in his late 40s that he has it. That's yeah. fucking late. Yeah. I so mean, did you start Googling right away and like, how oh, common is this? Like, yeah. What's the- Immediately that night I was like, tell me everything. Um, crazy yeah it really it really and I talked to him afterwards for a long time about it too I was like what how do you and it's one of those things that you kind of keep learning things as time goes on too that you're like oh I guess I do that differently than other people like I'm I'm hyper organized with things Mm -hmm. and I think it's because I don't have like a visual memory of where I know something is like I just I can't just be like where is that and then pull the last time that I saw it which I know some people can do Oh, I didn't even think about that as a side effect of this. Or yeah. A negative consequence. So how, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I definitely do that. Like, even... Yeah. Uh, and I, I, tell me if this is something that you would not be able to do. Okay. If I'm doing two shows in a night, mm-hmm. 
or more. And so sometimes, and I have that sudden worry: Have I told this joke before yeah. in this set? So you suddenly have that panic. You're jumping around with material. Oh, and you're like, yeah. "Holy shit! Have I just? Am I about to do a fresh bit of material, or am I repeating a joke that I told this exact audience mm-hmm. five minutes ago?" And one of the things I will do is think: When I was telling this joke earlier on today. I could see a man in a blue cardigan to my right, and he's not there right now. So it must have been the early show where I told that joke, so I'm safe to tell it again this time. Can't do that whatsoever. It's, okay. That's I'm, crazy. I'm also impressed you're even taking in visual information during a comedy show. Because <laughs> I can't, if I start doing that, then I'm thinking about what I'm looking at and not. Yeah. Like, even if there's not a bright light on me mm-hmm. and the audience is lit, I still have to sort of turn off anything visual. It's so distracting to me. I, I also, like, can't. I, I I don't so my brain also like I can't do like memory palaces or visualizations or anything right so I've always had a very hard time with remembering long set lists and just like committing those to memory and it's been very frustrating for me most of my comedy career because I've just been like I am working really hard and I know I'm smart why can't I remember this people that are idiots can remember an hour and a half of their jokes on stage <laughs> why on yes yeah, so why can't I do this and then when I found out about aphantasia I was like oh this is why and now i will never feel shame about bringing a set list on stage ever again i'm like no it's literally how my brain works i cannot remember a chunk of jokes longer than 10 minutes right and just having like key words like i don't I, like once i see them and i know the flow of what i want to do but i'll just like what i usually do on my set list i'll write even for like a 20 minute set i'll write like 45 minutes worth of jokes just down so my brain knows where to where i can go to but uh-huh. i can't just like think oh those are other bits that i have it's really hard for me to like interesting think what i've what i've done and what is still out there um, did you have the moment apart from things like that specifically comedy related did you once you discovered you this thing mm-hmm. did you then have that sort of sixth sense going back through times in your life moment where you know, sort of replay like oh my god now i know this thing and then replaying everything that's why this was that's why i couldn't do the uh no because i can't do that Matt. <laughs> <laughs> i literally can't I can picture do that, that time i can picture that time when i couldn't picture that time now that time makes sense i just went through my rolodex of just darkness that's <laughs> all but, i did but you, do, but you must have <laughs> verbal memory and you no have- i do so they i've i've heard it described the best way i've heard it described is it's like my brain is a computer but the monitor is turned off where i have all of the information okay but it so it's like basically when i if you're like oh think of your dog what i go is i go oh i know that this is what happened earlier today and it's almost like i'm like reading or my brain is like processing raw data versus like pulling images of like what he looks like or anything and it's crazy because different people all of the senses exist on a spectrum like there are some people that can say oh i'm thinking of my dog i can actually feel him licking my arm and stuff like tess one of my co-hosts on lady to lady she can do that she can pull physical touch memory so she can sit there and just be like oh this is what it feels like this is what that feels like like she can pull smell like some chefs can pull different tastes into their mouth and that's how they um that's i'm wondering if i could do that i i know smells trigger memories really hard yeah mm-hmm. I, I have it the other way around if i if i smell something like a particular floor polish or mm-hmm. so, like there's a particular type of floor polish that instantly brings me back to my school because that's yeah. what they use to clean the hallways mm-hmm. uh but i don't i can't conjure up that smell now if i i'm I, if i can picture the hallways and i'm looking at them i can picture what the wood looks like yeah but i can't, can't conjure up what that smell is like without 
But if I smelled it again, I would instantly go, "Oh, that's a hundred percent that hallway." Yeah, I'm I'm that way with a couple with a couple. I'm, smell, I think, is my strongest of 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 my senses that of, for recollection, and I can't pull the memories. But I'm like, "Oh, that this particular hand soap smells like my grandmother," and then I'm like, and then my brain just goes, "These are all the things you know about your grandmother, <laughs> basically." Right. <laughs> that's cr- so that's, and, oh, what Kelly sound? O'Brien. There we go. I found it. Who just said just been playing catch up so i've just listened to to episode 295 uh oh she just listened to about 295 episodes in the past eight months that is a lot of our voice god help you kelly damn but just hit the episodes where you're talking about a fantasia which blew my mind because i absolutely had it and never realized it yes and there's been a quite a few like that over the past few weeks we're healing the world (laughs) yeah Oh, it makes me happy. I'm, I, w- I was saying off mic before we started that I'm really interested to know how many podcast listeners have a Fantasia versus not. Like I've maybe it draws people like that in for some reason. Yeah, it's purely auditory. Or mm-hmm. well, and it's also like I. It's funny. My my boyfriend and I've always gotten into like <laughs> arguments about TV. Not arguments, but like we've talked about TV. He wants like a nice TV with like Blu-rays and everything. I could care less. I'm just like as long as I can see what's happening. I don't care the quality of what I'm watching they whatsoever. Used to see fine. Yeah, but it's like fine. my but but my memory will just be like my memory isn't going to like replay it and like resee the thing. It's more just like oh, it's just, yeah, I'll tell you the story of the thing that happened. But you're like but you you your sight works fine. So yeah. mm-hmm. so in the moment you would still enjoy yeah. it. But then mm-hmm. is it because then a second later you wouldn't really remember how much you enjoyed it? So who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah, I think that's basically it. And I think because it's also like my of of my senses and the way that I process memories and have feelings about things looking at something visually has never been important to me because that's how my brain works yeah so you don't even enjoy scenery that much that's beautiful you're kind of like this is fine I do in the moment I like looking at pictures like I, I like looking back at photos of like places that I've been in stuff to be like oh yeah that was really cool that was like that was a really fun time there but I, then I but then it's not about like being at the, like being at the Grand Canyon is gorgeous while I'm there, but the second I turn away, I'm like, all right, well, I can't wait to come back again. Like, I just don't, I can't. Picture, but you, would you, you have the memory feeling of it, or not? Uh, As, what? after you've gone looking at a picture of it, can you have some feeling about that? Yeah, I have like feeling when I when I look at stuff again, just a bit. Oh yeah, I remember being there, but then it's more just like what else happened while I was there okay. versus the contemplating but if, of the thing. If, if for example, mm-hmm. let's say you went on a vacation that you really enjoyed, yeah, and then a year later you were looking through old photos and you found a picture from that vacation. Yeah. Would you, would the memory of enjoying that time come back to you or would it be more just a general sort of vague sense that, yeah, I guess I had fun then. Like how, how would that make you feel? Would it, cause, cause certainly for me, it mm-hmm. would trigger some positive memory. Oh, that was a great time. And I, yeah. some of that would flood back. The aspects think, of that would flood back. I think like that would come, I think like looking at stuff like that things would come back but it, it's more like um yeah no like every, if, I, if I'm looking at something I can like remember what happened but I can't like pl- like play that play those memories I can just be like oh yeah and that we did this and this and that trip and that was really fun but I okay. can't like relive them so you'd be like way. we went to that bar and we sang karaoke and then we yeah. then we went swimming in the ocean or whatever mm-hmm. but you wouldn't in any way be able to picture the karaoke bar no uh uh-uh. uh but if you saw a photo of the karaoke bar you would then go that was the karaoke bar that we went to on yep. that trip absolutely like once i see a picture i'm like yeah, i know exactly where that is like i'm i'm weirdly very good with faces but i'm very bad at placing where i know your face from like i'm like i know i've seen that before i don't know why but i know that i have and it takes me a minute to be like and it's mostly just like waiting for like other clues to kick in to be like Oh, okay. This is where I've seen you before. It takes me a long time to to figure it out. Though. I mean, I have that as well, but I think it's yeah. just because I'm 
bad yeah, at remembering people. Bad names. Yeah, I don't know if that's a Fantasia, but I know that is like definitely a thing for me. It's it's hard. That's that is interesting. That and again, you would you would instantly look at a face of someone you knew and go, "That's someone I knew." Yeah. But if I handed you, mm-hmm. I don't know how good you are at drawing in general. Could you? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty I, good. I'm a pretty good artist. So if I but if I handed you a pen and mm-hmm. said, "Look at me and draw Andy." How would that? Would it just be like a guy, or would it look anything like Andy? How would it? I know, like I know, I know what Andy looks. Look, here's what it is. I'm not looking for the listeners. I'm not looking at Andy right now. I'm looking at Matt. Like I know, I know facts about what Andy looks like. So basically, my brain would be like, okay, these are the things that I know about what Andy looks like. like and a then list I, of words, yeah, just like honk. Yeah, exactly. It should be, it should be honk, d- a dashing rogue. Okay, <laughs> debonair raconteur. Let's <laughs> go on. Yeah, that's Do you have a type then when it comes to dating? Because like, or, or has anybody you've dated been insulted when they realize like, oh, maybe I'm not good looking because she doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't want the TV to be that clear. <laughs> well, it's funny because I've, I've I've been with my boyfriend now for seven and a half years, and I realized it when we like, we've been dating. For like five or six at this point and he was or maybe even longer and he was like oh this makes so much <laughs> of being with you make sense because i i think a lot of it comes across as me being thoughtless sometimes because i just like don't remember dates we've gone on i don't remember conversations we've had and he's and he'll just be like yeah remember when i took you to dinner at that place and i'm like oh, yeah yeah sure it's in my calendar so it happened <laughs> and like but i remember conversations i've had with him but i just can't place like like the important stuff i like can remember but just like day-to-day nice stuff i don't i don't remember whatsoever. right sound isn't the same like can you hear like you do karaoke you yeah, uh, yeah. you remember tunes so you mm-hmm. must have that's like a version of creating a, a sensory thing in your head isn't it having yeah but i'm really bad at lyrics Oh, very very bad like i i've i have a really hard time listening to songs and remembering the words to them i always just hear like the music first and kind of get lost in that and like that's what i remember more than words that seems like the opposite of what you're saying before where you're yeah. good with word descriptions of visual things it's but getting the sound part of music down but it's other that. people's words though that i have a hard time with oh okay so it's like if my like my like the way i would describe something for my own memory is different than than what somebody else would do. And so I have a really hard time memorizing scripts and for things for auditions. That, makes sense. that kills me. I, I, and this, this took all the pressure off. I was like, oh, I'm just bad at this because my brain doesn't do it. Cool. It's not that I can't do it. It's not that I like, there's something there's no wrong. That right. Because yeah. yeah. again, I, I know a lot of my memory is linked to mm-hmm. if I'm learning words or trying to remember words, it's linked to where things physically are on the page. Yeah. Like even... I, I enjoy reading ebooks. I like having a Kindle, but I know if I, when I used to have paper books a lot mm-hmm. more, or yeah. exclusively, if I wanted to go back in the book and just go, oh, what was that character? What, what was that thing that happened that I want to remember because it's pertinent to this thing mm-hmm. I'm reading now? I would, flick, I would just go, oh, I remember that was on the bottom left hand corner. That's yeah. interesting. I didn't realize that until you said it. Yeah, wow. I, I definitely do that. I like. Yeah. I know that. I huh. I know that was like a paragraph that had this kind of shape on the bottom left hand corner of a page about six pages ago. Mm-hmm. So I sort of flick back and look look around that area because I know the shape do of that the text as well in the Kindle. Once and it, that's something that would be, yeah. which you can't do as well on the Kindle yeah. exactly. But that's yeah. something. Uh-huh. Although you can search for words, so it kind of evens out. But that's something I presume you would not be able to do in the slightest. That's I'll, I'll, I'll one up you there too. I don't like reading fiction because I have to imagine an entire world. 
I don't, I like reading biography. I like reading memoir. I like reading nonfiction. I don't like. I, I like reading fiction if it's set in a place that I don't need to like paint an entire thing in my mind. Interesting. But, yeah, of course, of course. Because yeah. when I'm reading a fiction book, mm-hmm. I have ideas of what. As long as it's reasonably well written, even when it isn't. Yeah. I have ideas of what the characters look like. I have ideas yeah. of what the location looks like. Never had a thought. It's so. It's always been funny to me when people get upset at a casting choice. Because I've always been like, <laughs> why are you upset? Yeah, that that's person, fine, that's sure. fine. That'll work. That'll work. I remember when like the Harry Potter cast came out and everyone was like, that's not what Hermione looks like. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I guess that works. It's fine for me. She was yeah. a faceless blob to me all along. Yeah, exactly. So, this yeah, whole whatever, time. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Well, I guess now that now the has hair. Now yeah. the thing has hair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the so, only thing that was a surprise for me on that whole thing, I, mm-hmm. I, I was fine with it because even though yeah. they weren't exactly what I pictured, they who cares that doesn't bother me it's like yeah. that's the casting but I was like oh that's oh that's how that name is pronounced <laughs> I can't believe you yeah. didn't know it I thought that all Brits grew up doing that name knowing that name or something yeah. <laughs> how many parents read Her- Hermione to their to their kids for yep Hermione I, I was luckily never had to read it out loud but <laughs> Yeah, that was a big thing for me with books is just being like, because I've always, I love watching sci-fi and fantasy shows and stuff like that, but I like, every time I've tried to read those kind of books, I've just, I just, I always tap out. I'm like, I don't like this. I should like this because I like these as shows. Why don't I like this? I can't picture and if, this disc world. And, yeah, this yeah of course, yeah. of course, yeah. because anything sci-fi or fantasy, you really have to... Build the whole world out you of your brain. Yeah, out of yeah. The, your relationship with the skill of the writer. Mm-hmm. And... There's just a wall between that and your brain. Yeah, and honestly, like when I when I do read, try to read stuff like that, um, I just my brain just like literally just even when I'm reading, I will skip over like descriptive stuff because I'm just like I don't care about that. Sometimes right, I do tell too, me the plot that's and the dialogue just because I'm like I think this is just like padding for word count or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a fantasy book has to be at least this thick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The assignment was. Oh, speaking of assignments, yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask how did this, how did this impact your schooling? So I'm. I was really, really good in school, but I think it's like, I, I'm bad at memorization. I was bad in classes that required memorization, like, um, needing to remember formulas and how they worked, like things like that. Like I was lucky. I remember in chemistry we had, you could have like a notebook, a note card cheat sheet for the test because it was so much to memorize. So I did great. I did great in classes like that. Like I, I don't remember dates. I don't remember any of that stuff. I'm very bad at like the specifics of like things like that. That is just rote memorization. But anything like AP English, I crushed it, you know, all that kind of, you know, more conceptual thinking. Like I think my, my thinking is like purely conceptual instead of like grounded in any like kind of like concrete, visual or like memory right. in any way where it's just kind of like uh, i mean i would be a horrible eyewitness to a murder like that's <laughs> for sure a thing like i should never we- watch a murder go down because i'd be like well i don't know I uh, think. yeah i guess a, a, there was some grayness and then some redness yeah and then if i look close my eyes and look at the sun and i just see like some veins is that does that <laughs> do anything for you your report <laughs> the word the word death is floating around <laughs> yeah i remember one time i like um i was riding my bike in glendale and these little kids drove by in a car and they sp- squirted me with a squirt gun and i chased them down so hard to try to remember the license plate because i like could not remember oh, their fucking like i could not remember the license plate in the moment i was like I can't, i'm so angry and i need this why can't i remember oh, this fuckers. it made me feel crazy i was like all right cool and then avantation i was like oh now I know. That too. Now so, I know. <laughs> so you never had problems with like standardized tests? Because I don't remember if SATs had this a lot, but I know IQ tests have a lot of things that they try to like remove from 
to make them intelligence not not knowledge based. So a lot of things like here's a shape. If you rotated it this way, what would it look like? You know, like, I have tried to take IQ tests and usually stop because I feel insulted by yeah, them, and I it's mean, probably the, because of aphantasia. A lot of those things are that kind of conceptual or spatial, yeah, um, do manipulation. You, do you know mm-hmm. what populate? Do that have there been studies on what percentage of the population has this? Um, there's a couple of like UK scientists that are actually working on it and I like submitted myself to be like hey I do have this I will answer whatever quizzes or whatever you need FYI I'm willing to do whatever you need and they they had said that it's like I think it's between like two and like one and two percent of the population. It's a very small number. Well, that's small but that's it's far from insignificant. That's, yeah. that's a lot of people. That means yeah. it's still it's still quite a bit <laughs> but it's also like you um you, there probably are a ton of people that have it but don't even know it like Absolutely. as your listeners have pointed out well there, it, yeah. there were about a hundred people in my school year mm-hmm. maybe more i can't remember how many people per school year there were in my so that's, that's all you, maybe more how I many people like would 400 there be? in mine okay well then yeah. in your in your year in, the, in each year of your school there were probably somewhere around four to somewhere between eight, five and ten five. kids with yeah. these yeah Very with aphantasia now. Yeah, it's definitely between a thing. like or around like five or six. But you know, that's five or six kids mm-hmm. who the teacher who don't themselves realize and who the teachers don't realize have this thing that makes visual it's like sort of the new dyslexia almost like No, absolutely. I mean like I definitely I worked hard in school. I remember I got I got I, I had I got straight A's no problem up until like um math started getting more like memorization based yeah and that's like that that's when i got my first i got my i went from a's i had one c in like algebra and i like lost my mind well and visualization because you've got yeah once you get to a certain point you've got Mm -hmm. to do there's geometry and there's understanding graphs that's Mm going to be tricky if you're matching graphs to Mm -hmm. if you're trying to map the visual representation of a graph to the numerical data yeah yeah it was really it was that kind of stuff was really difficult i mean it is like I've always been a lover of science, but my brain doesn't hold information the way that you need to to be a scientist. Well, this segues very neatly into the question we ask all our guests normally yes. at the beginning of the show because we okay. don't have a whole bunch of aphantasia chat. But what is your background in science and what is your relationship with science growing up? Um, I took it in all the schools. Physics was always my favorite, uh-huh. um, which is interesting because it's a lot of formulas. But I think it also like made sense of the world. Right. In a, it, it, it like really... That was always my favorite. It's also it's conceptual. It. It's very highly conceptual. So yeah. even though mm-hmm. I think my understanding of physics definitely involved visualization as well, but it's, yeah. th- there's a lot of conceptual understanding. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. that's what gravity is. That's why yeah. we. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I love that. My favorite teachers in school were my physics teachers, um, and, the, and my least favorite was my biology teacher. He's an asshole, Mr. Johnson. I hope he's dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Big piece of shit. He was mean to me. I did not like him. He also like didn't like girls in general. It was oh, a weird thing. Sucks. Yeah. And biology, I feel like, is a more memorization-based field than yeah. physics, kind mm-hmm. of, right? Yeah. And also very, very you. visual. Yeah, super visual. Very, I just, particularly at sort of high school level. Diagram mm. of the cell. Sort Ex- of thing. It, that's exactly <laughs> one of the things I was thinking of. What's the, What are the bits of the cell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all that kind of n- nucleus... Uh, the mitochondria is the powerhouse. That's uh, yeah. yeah. That's beginning and end of. Uh, <laughs> but, I know, right? But just remembering, well, what's the difference between a plant cell and an animal cell? And you got to remember, oh, okay, that has the boundary on the outside, and you know, that's what it looks like. And yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, 
I like science. I love science museums. I love science centers. We had science center, uh, Baltimore Science Center is also one of my favorite places as a kid to go to because you had a lot of like hands-on um, displays and stuff that you could you could play with a lot. I had a fun one of those in my hometown. I always loved the. Uh, did you ever have one of those whisper things with like the satellite dish at either ends of the yeah. room? Yeah, hear the person whispering. It yeah. still seems like magic. Still those, seems like it shouldn't work. Yeah, that was the best. And my favorite, my favorite thing was a thing that they had where it was like a. TV set up with a green screen to show how green screen worked and they had a little fake booth that you could go into and they had different backgrounds that you could set up for the thing so you'd have your friends go and stand on there and then you'd change the backgrounds on them and then I would just like make up stories and just be watching them doing stuff and I would just be like and now there's bees coming after you (laughs) (laughs) and now every kid just has that technology on their phone and computer but that it was full magic oh yeah as a child i was like this is the greatest i feel so powerful we had that, <laughs> london had the museum of the moving image and it yeah. was full of, kind of tv and film technology and <laughs> stuff from that and it was a display where you got to be superman it was yeah. and it was exactly it was a green incline that you would lie on mm-hmm. and then it would map you flying over this oh, sky so cool. and your cape is hanging at the wrong sky angle like, for yeah exactly I mean, you <laughs> just, but again this is early ni- I'm gonna say early 90s yeah mm-hmm. and it was just wizardry it was pure and also you got to pretend to be a newsreader that was the other bit I remember oh, from that cool. oh, where there was cool. a, the prompter and you had to read a newscast and then it would play it back to you and you know what it might not even <laughs> it, you know what it might not have even played it back to you. I don't think they even had that ease of technology yeah, there. Someone else could watch you do I, it as well. I think it was just my mom and my sister watched me be a newsreader for a bit, and then we swapped out, and then my sister got to be a newsreader, uh-huh. and I got to watch her. I don't know if they even That's put awesome. this kind of stuff in the science museums when I was growing up. I do you remember we paid to do it in the mall one time, and yeah. it was just my brothers and I pretending to hold on to a ski rope wearing... Hawaiian shirts or lays that they gave us while they green screened uh, like we're water skiing and then they just played Wipeout. And uh, we have fun, I think that VHS <laughs> is still sitting in our basement somewhere. It's three minutes of us going from smiling to very tired of this by the end because it's just three minutes of us holding onto a ski rope. And then... How long is this song? Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like friends with a bunch of scientists, weirdly, from high school. Like, most of my good friends became scientists. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah. Baltimore, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like half an hour outside of Baltimore, between Baltimore and D.C. And also, you're a Scar fan. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there's a heavy Scar to scientist correlation. (laughs) Yes, there definitely is. I know that to be fact. (laughs) I'm trying to think of any reason why that would be the case, and I can't come up with one. Is it a love of trombones? Like, what would make... Because, As a former trombone player myself and sort of scientist, like yeah. engineer at least. Because it's about the nerdiest of music. Yeah, it's the nerdiest music because ska music doesn't never feels like you're going to get a wedgie. It kind of just is just like, it's it's very complex. So I think it's just a lot of stimulus that your brain is processing yeah. at once. So it's fun. You need to know, know at least one, if not multiple people who have learned a brass instrument at school. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and ska is like a lot of marching band kids are in ska. So it's like your friends are in ska bands because they're your scientists are friends of the marching band kids if they're not the marching band kid yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i was just i graduated high school just a little bit too early because like i think two years later is when the like third wave oh yeah sky, sky revival started with all the like cherry popping zoot suit riding poppin', <laughs> <laughs> were there a bunch of bands that had the same thing there's two there's daddies there's the big bad voodoo daddy and cherry popping daddy yep. like everybody's a daddy yeah yeah a lot so of daddies daddies and daddies, daddies have come back in 2018 so oh yeah well just the word daddy oh, is okay. back just in a different context yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i saw a, a, a van on the way here that had a 
picture of I, I think she's an, an escort and it just said uh, at a bunch of services and then one of them was looking for a money daddy underneath and I was like money daddy that's is that a different way. from sugar daddy why it's just getting more explicit in case you don't know what sugar means <laughs> yeah. I think that's exactly what it is yeah. like yeah because I've seen that the billboard was on the corner of La Brea and I was limiting myself forever. to more smart daddies and now clearly there's some dumber daddies who are not quite cr- cracking <laughs> the code. understand that sugar is a metaphor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just brought her a bag of dominoes. <laughs> just like, is this how it works? No. Our, <laughs> there was sugar models was the billboard on La Brea yeah. Forever, right? And I assume that's what that was? Am I, I reading too much into that? I no, I think that, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so. got to be the best. If you're like in any kind of phone sex game and you find those guys whose fetish is spending their money, which I know exists. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, what a what a great thing that would be to stumble into. Oh, but it's absolutely. A, I think it's a, it's a fair skill, though, like keeping that going, keeping that racket running. If, and, they lo- if they're yeah. getting off on losing their money, you don't have to do anything but spend it. It's oh, no, dream. no, I, I just it's mean a it's, a, it's a skill from the, from the woman's point of view to keep that guy going to you as your person oh, okay, yeah. yeah i'm spending it better than someone else could spend it yeah yeah, yeah. exactly i will be somebody's brewster's millions please yeah, let right. me let me spend money i'm very fun i oh promise <laughs> that movie came out and nine-year-old me was like so i spent so many hours thinking about loopholes in the plot or like yeah. what i would spend it on or why that's not a fair thing according to the rules of what they did or why can't you just do what were the rules again what, what couldn't you do with the money uh you couldn't just you couldn't sh- own anything at the end of the time. I know that was yeah. part of it. You couldn't acquire things. So I know this be- has also come up on the show before Bruce's Millions. Oh, we discovered right, that right. there's been so many versions night. of the same yeah. of this film. And I yeah. think in one in one of our discussions of it, I think it was with Jim he- Jim Hegarty, and I think we lost that part of the recording. So maybe it's not even oh. something listeners oh, are maybe it getting was. tired of hearing again. But yeah, I remember that just like thinking so much about that and what I would do in that situation. Yeah. Because yeah, the first version was like Brewster's... Uh, Two hundred and fifty dollars or something in like nineteen oh five. They remade it. In yeah, it was it was written in nineteen oh five originally the book, and it has been adapted many many times in different guises and it was different actually countries. Nineteen oh five. Yeah. Wow. Did I just make that up, or did you say that a minute ago, and then I forgot that I remembered it and then said it again? Sorry, nineteen oh two. It was nineteen oh two, but it okay. was pretty close. If I guessed it, that's crazy. I was completely joking. I can't believe we missed the uh, the centennial of uh, Brewster's no, Millions. We have like a Back to the Future style party. <laughs> like this is what it was supposed to happen. <laughs> exactly. Everybody just gets it. Did that's... you celebrate October twenty first, twenty fifteen? Back to the Future two. Oh, date. I think it was October. I think I watched the movie that day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about all I did. Here, here we go. So here are the rules the, from the movie version of. From Bruce's Millions, okay. yeah, uh, the Pryor. prior version, which I'm counting as the canon, the canonical yeah. version. Agreed. Brewster is challenged to take either one million upfront or spend thirty million within thirty days to inherit three hundred million. Mm. If if he chooses the former, the law firm becomes the executor of the estate and divides the money among charities after taking a fee. In the latter case, after 30 days, he may not own any assets that are not already his, and he must get value for the services of anyone he hires. He may donate only 5% to charity and lose 5% by gambling, and he may not waste the money by purchasing and destroying valuable items. Finally, he's not allowed to tell anyone. Even Spike. Even Spike, (laughs) who's his best friend. If you're going to go to all this trouble of having the 5% can go to charity, 5% to gambling, yeah. why not just give him 10% less and say, no charity, no gambling? Yeah. Because he's just going to go, okay, there's the 5% right away. There's it's that, gone. That, there's done. the 5% gambling. Ah, just because they wanted a gambling scene. Yeah. yeah. A charity scene. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if he fails to spend the 30 million, he forfeits whatever balance is left and inherits nothing. Mm. Well, is it, so 
I don't remember that much about the movie, but is it um, because I have aphantasia? Uh, <laughs> do they? What what is considered charity? Like if you were to like take all of your friends on like a whirlwind tour of the world, that's not charity. That right? isn't charity. That would constitute. Oh yeah, why couldn't you do that? You would have nothing you would own at the end of that. You didn't destroy anything valuable. Yeah. Um, just take a yeah. month and just take fifty people with you around the world and be like, all right, guys, let's stay in the fanciest places and do all the eat the fanciest shit. Yeah. Yeah. That seems very logical. Uh, instead, I do remember he ran for office, and okay. he uh, he ran on the none of the above platform. Like he oh. tried to get everyone to vote for nobody at all. <laughs> spent a lot of money in his campaign. That's all I remember specifically. I could see that happening. I do, and also it's, it starts with him who he's never earned more than eleven grand a year, mm. renting an expensive hotel suite and hiring a whole lot of staff, and then being told that that doesn't even come close to being that amount of money. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, thirty million dollars would be difficult, difficult to spend. These in days, a, I don't in know. A month. Chateau Marmont, I could probably do that in a week. You think? If I called enough friends. That's true. Know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Well, you just got to eat that pizza with gold flakes on it every day. Oh, right. <laughs> you sell in New Who York. That? that Some garbage place in New York. I get very angry when they put gold in food. Yeah, it's it a pretty dumb thing. It really upsets me. And I hope everybody that eats it, I hope the gold sticks in their gut. And then they have one it of those ha- it has. It does nothing except to just to go. Wasn't like Goldschlager, Goldschlager. Yeah. as well that... I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's like, even though you can see it, it's the thinnest possible. Yeah. I forgot what the actual value per bottle of gold in that is. Oh, so it's, not, next, it's not an offensive thing. Next to that. nothing, but yeah. it's the, still yeah. the dumbest thing. And then I remember mm-hmm. as a student, people going, no, the reason why it has the gold is it, it shreds up your stomach so the alcohol gets absorbed quicker. Oh God, and you just go like, that. That's that is... That's the dumbest. <laughs> yep. How's a, that for science? <laughs> no, definitely not true. No. And yeah. B, even if it were true, that is the sounds, dumbest fucking thing. Just yeah. Literally, yeah, it just rips open your intestines. I love to be just Gutted by my booze. It feels great. <laughs> Disembowel me from the inside out. Great. That's the selling point. Yeah. Why don't you just, if, if that's really what you want, then just like punch me in the face and pour <laughs> vodka into the open wound. So it just, just goes started, straight into my capillaries. I think you've just started a YouTube challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's the Matt uh, Punch in the Face Alcohol Challenge. Yeah. Put you, down your Tide Pods, kids. There's a new game in town. Do you guys, uh, do you guys gash chug? <laughs> you open a wound. You open like a <laughs> yeah. gash. And then you just pour it in. Just pour it in. Gash, gash, gash. He's doing Call it. it. Cutting and chugging. It feels great. <laughs> you guys want to cut and chug? <laughs> Come on, let's cut and chug. Let's do it. Because <laughs> who's got time for both? Yeah, exactly. We were quoting uh, our favorite comedian friend of our friends of ours jokes over the weekend and mm-hmm. uh i think tj's is jim hamilton's i cut myself while shaving because who's got time for both <laughs> it's pretty great that's a great one jim's got some pretty great one letters yes uh <laughs> and speaking of time-saving laziness hey. do you want to get into a story matt let's do it. i don't even know what you're trying to link oh, to with that introduction it turns out that uh new archaeological research from the australian national university has found that homo, homo erectus an extinct species of prim- pr- primitive humans went extinct in part because they were lazy. Uh, I have found this story now. That's the one Paul Steenbeck yes, sent Yes, thank in. you, Paul. Do you think when they got their name, they high-fived each other and were like, hell yeah, Erectus. <laughs> 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 uh, an archaeological excavation of ancient human populations in the Arabian Peninsula during the early Stone Age found that Homo erectus used, quote, least effort strategies for tool making and collecting resources. This, quote, laziness paired with an inability to adapt to a changing changing climate likely played a role in the species going extinct, according to lead researcher Dr. Sari Shipton of the ANU School of Culture, History, and Language. 
They really don't seem to have been pushing themselves, Dr. Shifton said. <laughs> Seems a little judgy. <laughs> does uh, seem very judgy. That's definitely a value yeah, judgment in there. Seriously. Oh, they're not applying themselves. Like, they've got to get out of this basement. If they've they don't so want to get a potential, job. Homo erectus, yeah. <laughs> I don't get the sense they were explorers looking over the horizon. They didn't have that same sense of wonder that we have. Dr. Shipton said this was evident in the way the species made their stone tools and collected resources. To make their stone tools, they would use whatever rocks they could find lying around their camp, which were mostly of comparatively low quality to what later stone tool makers used. He said, at the site we looked at, there was a big rocky outcrop of quality stone just a short distance away up a small hill. <laughs> but rather than walk up the hill, they would just use whatever bits had rolled down and were lying at the bottom. Was this guy's stepdad like a homo erectus or something? Right? He's yeah. really got it in for There's, this. It also seems... Yeah. I, I just don't know how it was you just know. That. It was it's right there! <laughs> it was right there! The and you just sat at the bottom of the hill doing nothing! You lazy bums get a job. Just eating bits of ruffles that have fallen into their chest hair. Like, no, it's still good. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, okay, so... The, you yeah. know the date on these stones is just for the, the supermarket just puts it there, but you couldn't have it way <laughs> after that. That's actually true. Listen to the 99% Invisible uh, episode about that. Um, <laughs> everything about dating and foods is a myth, unless it's uh, deli meats. That's the only thing that can really go... Okay, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's see. They would Whatever rolled down, they're lying at the bottom... When we looked at the rocky outcrop, there were no signs of any activity, no artifacts, and no quarrying of the stone. They knew it was there, but because they had enough adequate resources, they seemed to have thought, why bother? This seems very projected. Yeah. I don't know how you can know the thoughts of Homo erectus, but... Um, also, I'm sorry they didn't want to go conquer something else. I'm sorry they just like were happy with happy. their lives. They're just happy with their and lives. going extinct yeah. doesn't do you as an individual any harm. You might no. have a happy life, you just yeah. don't... Evolution. <laughs> yes. like, also, they have no concept of evolution right. or yeah. future survival of the civilization. They yeah. just, yeah, I want to have a good life. And exactly. What happens, happens. I have a dog. I don't have kids. It's fine. <laughs> That's what we're it's dealing the with. LA here. way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. LA's uh, full of homo erectus. And, and also, they've. <laughs> yeah. And they, 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 since we're talking about them mm-hmm. many years later, so they have survived. They have. Yeah, in our in our hearts, you're saying. Yeah, is that what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> well, they've survived as much as anyone's survived through their art and their work. For sure, we're he- aware of them. Archaeologists are still discovering their things. We're not like celebrating their canon. We're we're saying they were lazy. <laughs> they still survived. That's like saying the shit art. Doesn't matter whether right. it's shit art or great art. If it yeah. makes it through a couple of millennia in 500 years, will, will people know who Tommy Wiseau is? I d- maybe, maybe, probably. probably. Who knows? More than more than a lot of people that should be. Who knows? This is speaking <laughs> of which, he's he seems like very caveman adjacent. I bet he's got yeah. uh, some homo erectus in him. Yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, so, yeah, how many they, how many hundreds hundreds tens slash hundreds of thousands of years ago was this? I don't... I always thought that Homo erectus was on our track. I didn't know it was a, a branch that dead-ended. It's not actually uh, a direct um Let me see. Will you carry on with the story while I Go for find out that information? So yeah, Wow, okay. So the, this is a hundreds of... 1.8 million years ago. Oh, shit. That's... Yeah, we're still talking way back. The what do we likely extinct by 500,000 years ago. So... So, and certainly by 140,000 years ago. So 140,000 years ago is the bottom end for how recently yeah. they existed on this Earth. So, yeah. So well, at minimum, they've survived for 14, uh, 14 millennia. That's great. Well, that's, a, that's a pretty good... Wait, only 14 millennia? I thought you said... It went from one point something million. Sorry, to- ten millennia. Uh, sorry, I was thinking tens of thousands of years. Yeah, one hundred forty millennia. They've 
minimum they survived. It's a long ass time for it's a, long, a long for time. lazy yeah. lazy species. So well, let's give them some credit. And yeah. also, like honestly, when we go extinct. And then the next thing finds us. What are they going to be like? Oh man, these guys had all the all the tools to save the ozone, and they didn't. They were so lazy. Like right we're there. all yeah, lazy you, about you all sorts of stuff. Yeah. They were yeah. just they wanted to text too much, so they just <laughs> sat around and they didn't go. They could have gone to another planet. I've looked at their books. They had the technology. <laughs> yeah, they could have done it. Aliens were there. It's fine. We had it covered. <laughs> <laughs> They wrote books about it. I don't like reading them because I can't picture what they're talking about. They, they had whole TV yeah. shows explaining about the aliens who've been there for centuries before. <laughs> exactly. With great hair talking about these aliens. <laughs> they were ancient. They would rather put a spaceship on a soundstage than make a spaceship. Right? I can't believe we did that. Yeah, we're, we're lazy as hell too. It's all in the eye of the beholder. So in this story, yeah, as uh, contrasting Erectus with Sapiens, they're saying that... Um, Early Homo sapiens and Neanderthals were climbing mountains to find good quality stone and transporting it over long distances. So it's mm-hmm. like there were people, there were not people. Why can't you be more lazy. like your brother, right, sapiens exactly. and Neanderthal over there? Yeah, seriously, this is very, this is very death of a salesman right here. Yeah. Just like leave yeah. him alone. <laughs> uh, Doctor Shipton, Shipton said a failure to progress technologically as their environment dried out in a desert into a desert also contributed to the population's demise not only were they lazy but they were also very conservative dr shipton said <laughs> the sediment samples showed the environment around them was changing but they were doing the exact same things with their tools there was no progression at all and their tools were never very far from these now dry riverbeds i think in the end the environment just got too dry for them he added fuck them <laughs> fuck them what a shitty Good species riddance. what a shitty shitty bunch of shits he said He's so upset about them. He Man. said to the to the website fizz.org. You're not my real dad, Homer Erectus. <laughs> like, he he said, God, I just don't know what to do with them. Yeah. I've tried everything. You're going to military school. Oh, yeah, I'm going to die in a desert. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Try it. <laughs> I hope they did it out of spite. That's kind of how they I did. I'm just yeah. going to sit here and die. I'm just oh, going to yeah. end my line. You just watched me <laughs> end I my line. to be evolved into this. <laughs> it's really it's really amazing they can see that kind of specificity of the region though like to know that there was this hill and to guarantee it was the same yeah. accessibility as it is now and that they didn't it just is i don't know i, I don't want to i shouldn't like i'm not an expert in this field and mm-hmm. i should defer to experts i shouldn't think that's something i can just like intuit but um it just seemed like a lot of connections are being made yeah but uh if, if it's true it's a great it's an interesting story. Yeah. And I'm going to trust that's true. Why am I putting why am I putting any doubts onto these archaeologists <laughs> who are just doing their job and judging the fuck out of some homo erectuses? Erecti? Yeah. What's the plural of these things? Well, here is a way we might be screwing ourselves up with our dumbness. <laughs> Scientists have found that blue light from smartphones, laptops, and other digital devices damages vision and can speed up blindness. I'm not surprised by that. Research by the University of Toledo in the U.S. has revealed that prolonged exposure to blue light triggers poisonous molecules to be generated in the eye's sensitive light cell, light-sensitive cells that can cause macular degeneration, an incurable condition that affects the middle part of vision. Oh, wow. Yep. Blue yeah. light, which has a shorter wavelength and more energy compared with other colors, can call, gradually cause damage to the eyes. Dr. Ajit uh, Karanarethan. Karanarethan? Karanarethan? Karen Rathney, I hope I'm not mm. murdering your name too badly there. 
Dr. Rajiv, but an assistant professor in the University Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry said, we are being exposed to blue light continuously and the eyes, cornea and lens cannot block or reflect it. I'm literally changing my background, my phone to to grayscale right now. Or at least nighttime mode. uh, I do the nighttime mode. mode, But I only do that at nighttime because then the rest of the day I'm like, oh, I can't see pictures as well. I probably should do that. You know, if you actually, they, um, your phone becomes less addictive if you're on grayscale too, because you're, I've you're heard that. yeah, your mind isn't looking for the colors. It's all the programmers have their phones on a grayscale. I have hmm. my friend, a friend, friend of the show, JJ Whitehead, has his phone on grayscale the whole time for that reason. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the things they discovered that it was the because there was an article a while back from one of the people who was involved in, I think, Facebook mm. when they were working out ways to basically hook you on the program slash app more and just ways to keep you coming back and they discovered that the little notification thing firstly adding a notification to tell you you have messages or notifications that alone was one of the things that got people coming back and then they noticed an empirical improvement from their point of view on the number of times Mm -hmm. people return to the app once they changed the notification from blue to red Mm -hmm. and that's why now every you have this many emails you have this many notifications it's always always red red. because that triggers the brain far more to go oh, i better make that red go away yeah i better and i do i do if i've got facebook in front of me and there's a red thing i hate even it if i know yeah even this is how much it i know i'm hooked mm-hmm. if i have facebook on open on the web version yeah and when you get a notification when the web version is open mm-hmm. it pops up in the left hand corner of the screen it goes mm-hmm. like so and so liked your post mm-hmm and if I know what the post is, and I know who that person is, that's all the information there already. Yeah. But it also then adds a little one notification counter Bing. to your top right-hand corner in the notifications. And I've I know what even, that I've one is. Notified. You, I know me. 100% yeah. what that one is. I know it, because I just secret. saw it pop up. It was like, this person liked this post, which I know was me saying happy birthday. Yep. I know what that is. And all I, and it, says, it doesn't say left a comment, so I don't need to read what the comment is. It just says liked it. Mm-hmm. All the information there... And I cannot sit there for more than a few minutes before I go to that top right-hand corner to make that one go gotta, away. It's got to go away. To make that red number one go away. Yeah. It's fucking red alerts. Yeah, absolutely. It's a joyless it's, prison that we've all signed yeah. on for. <laughs> well, but, but I just realized, if you put yours on grayscale, does that even solve this blue problem, though? Because isn't if you're Would not it still be blue light? changing the sort of color temperature mm. to... Uh, the white you're getting is probably still... Maybe, yeah. Blue. Probably. I, maybe. I could be wrong. So... They say, it's no secret that blue light harms our vision by damaging the eye's retina. Our experiments explain how this happens, and we hope leads to therapies that slow macular degeneration, such as a new kind of eye drop. Macular degeneration, which affects around 2.4% of the adult population in the UK, is a common condition amongst those in... I just said adult. I've gone so American. Uh, As opposed to... Adult. Oh, right, right, right. Mm. Is a common condition amongst those in their 50s and 60s that results in significant vision loss. Yeah, my grandmother had this. Uh It's caused by the death of photoreceptor, i.e. light-sensitive cells, in the retina. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of blindness in the U.S., and while it does not cause total blindness, it can make everyday activities such as reading and recognizing faces difficult. Photoreceptor cells need molecules called retinol to sense light and trigger signaling to the brain, enabling us to see. The researchers found that being exposed to blue light causes retinol to set off a chain of reactions that leads to toxic molecules being created in the photoreceptor cells. Uh, Kasun Ratnayake, a PhD student at the same university who was involved in the study, said, if you shine blue light on retinol, 
the retinal kills photoreceptor cells as the signaling molecule on the membrane dissolves. I wonder what the reason for that is. No. Photoreceptor cells do not regenerate in the eye. When they're dead, they're gone. <laughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> the research has found that introducing retinal molecules to other cell types in the body, such as cancer cells, heart cells, and neurons, cause them to die off when exposed to blue light. They also noticed that blue light alone, or retinal without blue light, had no effect on cells. Hmm. Karen Athne said, The retinal generated toxicity by blue light is universal. It can kill any cell type. The scientists found that a molecule called alpha-tocepherol, a natural antioxidant found in the eye and body, stops the cells from dying, but fails to offer any protection to the aging population or those whose immune systems had been suppressed. Uh, huh. Apparently that's when the real damage occurs. For those wanting to protect the eye from blue light, uh, Dr. Karanathne advises wearing sunglasses that can filter both UV and blue light outside and avoiding browsing on mobile phones or tablets in the dark. I know in the dark, I do turn the blue down on my phone. I turn it yeah. to nighttime mode, mm-hmm. which maybe makes a bit of a difference. Yeah. I wonder why... Oh, just because your pupils open wider, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you probably... You're your taking iris. in more light. I wonder what the evolutionary reason for yeah, that is. Because there's so much blue in nature. I mean, the sky yeah. and the ocean, how could those be... Is that a different wavelength of blue? It's not as bad as the kind that we're talking about? Like... Hmm. Seems like a very bad evolutionary thing to have. Maybe it's of... like don't look at the sun. <laughs> don't don't look up as you're walking. Don't look forward as you're walking. Like yeah, blues everywhere for all of the history of mankind. Yeah. Huh. But I guess now we do have uh, most of the time we're not actively all the time staring at a thing that is giving off blue light. Whereas now we yeah. are uh, now for m- most of the hours that I'm awake, I'm uh, look I'm. F- I go to work, I'm writing on a show, and I'm looking yep. at my blue computer screen, and then when I'm yeah. taking breaks, when I should probably be just looking at the trees outside or looking yeah. at my shoes, instead I go... On my phone. Yeah, I go to the bathroom, and I'll mm-hmm. look at my phone. Um, but again, ancient man, no sunglasses, not a lot of shelter, spending your time outdoors, bright yeah. light, and blue sky. And look what happened to them. Homo erectus is dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, I guess yeah, the, no. the big difference is they wouldn't have been taking in any light once the sun goes down so nighttime is just mm-hmm. eye rest time for them but like daytime they're getting a lot of unprotected light of various wavelengths they are they're yeah. also dying early yeah but just evolutionarily it wouldn't make much sense to have this natural thing that's a lot of your field of vision all the time be a thing that destroys your ability to see at all maybe it's just so much more hyper focused on a screen that that's where the issue comes in i don't know, I don't know. That's Again, a, I'm not trying to be the doubting Thomas of all of our stories today. I, I believe this. It's uh, no, it's all... interesting. I, I it's funny because they they've always been like the cell phone's gonna give you brain cancer, and it's like, haha, actually, nope. it's coming for your eyes. Well, for your eyes. You, you know what else <laughs> might be a factor is, uh, back in the day, back before we had computers and the like. Yes, you are exposed to sunlight, which has this blue light in it all the time. But like you're saying, it's daytime, so your eyes, your pupils are nowhere near as dilated right. you're taking in much but less light whereas now article is still saying to wear sunglasses and it is uvn blue blocking sunglasses. it is but so. but mm-hmm. particularly nowadays we are looking straight at blue light in otherwise low light conditions right that's what i'm saying so that's our eyes are white yeah, yeah so our eyes are wide open and taking as much light in as possible and a, a huge amount of it is this blue light yeah so maybe it's the solution close this laptop while we're talking right, right. <laughs> artificially no that would just yeah. make you night pl- i was gonna say uh the, if there are 
if there are like drops that uh, constrict your pupils instead of dilating them, but then you'd just be nearly blind at night, so it wouldn't be useful either. Yeah, exactly. And then looking at your phone, it would probably probably hurt more than anything. Yeah, or you just wouldn't be able to see. You wouldn't be able to see know. anything. Yeah, uh, anything outside of it. Be careful with your phone usage, guys. I think that's something we can all agree on. Yeah, just watch it. It's uh, it's not the real world. You'll be okay. You know, else we should be careful with. What else, Sandy? Art- artificial intelligence. Oh, no. As, as we've talked about Ugh. many times on the podcast, uh, longtime contributor Justin Broad sent in an article about um, bots teaching themselves to cheat. Which, cheaty bots. Cheaty bots. Um, On tests or each other? Cheating each other. Or cheating, basically, the, the byline or the, the poll quote is, uh, teach an AI to fish and it might just drain the lake. <laughs> so... Gotcha. Um, yeah, once upon a time, a bot deep in a game of tic-tac-toe figured out that making improbable moves caused its bot opponent to crash. Smart. Also sassy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what sassy means, but uh, <laughs> why are you choosing that word? Um, moments when experimental bots go rogue, some would call it cheating, yeah. are not typically celebrated in scientific papers or press releases. Most AI researchers strive to avoid them, but a select few document and study these bugs in the hopes of revealing the roots of algorithmic impishness. We don't want to wait until these things start to appear in the real world, says Victoria Krakovna, a research scientist at Alphabet's Deep Mind Unit, which we've talked about before. Uh, Krakovna is the keeper of a crowdsourced list of AI bugs. To date, it includes more than three dozen incidents of algorithms finding loopholes in their programs or hacking their environments. The specimens collected by Krakovna and fellow bug hunters point to a communication problem between humans and machines. Given a clear goal, an algorithm can master complex tasks, such as beating a world champion at Go, but even with logical parameters, it turns out that mathematical optimization empowers bots to develop shortcuts humans didn't think to deem off-limits. Hmm. Teach a learning algorithm to fish, and it might just drain the lake. Uh, gaming simulations are fertile ground for bug hunting. Earlier this year, researchers at University of Freiburg in Germany challenged a bot to score big in the Atari game Qbert. Instead of playing through levels like a sweaty-palmed human, it invented a complicated move to trigger a flaw in the game, unlocking a shower of ill-gotten points. <laughs> Today's algorithms do what you say, not what you meant, says Catherine Olson, a researcher at Google who has contributed to Krakovna's list and keeps her own private zoo of AI bugs. These examples may be cute, but here's the thing. As AI systems become more powerful and pervasive, hacks could materialize on bigger stages with more consequential results. If a neural network managed an electric grid and were told to save energy, uh, DeepMind is considered such an idea, it could just cause a blackout. Uh, seeing these systems be creative and do things you never thought of, you recognize their power and danger, said Jeff Kloon, a researcher at Uber's AI Lab. A recent paper that Kloon co-authored, which lists 27 examples of algorithms doing unintended things, suggests future engineers will have to collaborate with, not command, their creations. Oh God, just leave them. Don't your your stop job is to coach the system, he says. Embracing flashes of artificial creativity may be the solution to containing them. And then has a list of all these, uh, not all of them, but a few of these acting out algorithm things. Um, including infanticide in a survival simulation one AI species evolved to subsist on a diet of its own children Uh, space war algorithms exploited flaws in the rules of the galactic video game Elite Dangerous to invent powerful new weapons Um, body hacking a four-legged virtual robot was challenged to walk smoothly by balancing a ball on its back instead it trapped the ball in a leg joint then lurched along as before (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I mean, that's smart. But yeah, again, it's yeah, like, yeah, that one's you smart. Say you can't do that. Like, there's a great one here. Optical illusion. Humans teaching a gripper to grasp a ball accidentally trained it to exploit the camera angle so that it appeared successful even when not touching the ball. All right, that's cute. It's not killing your babies cute, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't all <laughs> kill and then, baby uh, robots. Just to do a little 
sorbet uh ai sorbet we also got a little vid- youtube video from chris nelson of a much cuter bot that is a uh, program to find waldo in where's waldo books oh it's okay. called there's waldo <laughs> and um if- We'll link to this over on poppyscience.com. Yeah. Um, they built this robot to test the capabilities of Google new, Google's new AutoML vision service. Mm-hmm. So they fed in some pictures of Waldo and then had this bot look at the book. And then you're going to love how it how it points to Waldo. <laughs> That's what Waldo looks like. This is Waldo. Training vision complete. Okay. Here he is. Let's find. Okay. Okay. Text coming through, and then there's the arm, <laughs> the very with a creepy rubber head. Creepy there's hand. an open Where's Waldo book. Where's Waldo? Find him. Scanning Waldo book. Find him now. It just circle all the faces, oh. and then it says ninety-seven percent confidence. That's Waldo. <laughs> and then the rubber hand comes down <laughs> and just points down him and pokes the book. That's fun. Yeah, that's harmless, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, eating baby Waldos. And yeah. someone starts finding Waldos everywhere, and then uh, killing all non-Waldos. Yeah, that hand yeah, just becomes a finger. To have him kill Waldo, but uh, <laughs> kill Waldo now. Kill Waldo, kill Waldo. <laughs> Man, it's like these scientists haven't seen any of the movies. I know, right? It really ma- it deeply maybe unsettles me forgot, every maybe time. They have a they just forgot what all these movies. I I remember the movies, not like the visuals, but I know what happens. The I know the plots of these movies, and it never ends well for us. No, it almost never does. I just you, don't know why we keep doing it when we know what's going to happen. Because the upside is you get to have some pretty cool gadgets until you accidentally kill yourself. Right? I mean, yeah, I I guess I would just rather chill in a desert. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's a big question. Is like, is there going to be some kind of society wide? abandonment of technology when we realize all the bad shit it's doing to us yeah probably not because it's all no. been designed to hook keep you, us hooked yeah. it hooks you in because it just wants you to just be a consumer we're all professional consumers now yes. and if, ad, the ad economy yep it's a great thing <sighs> should we try to find something less um uh, i was hoping though there's waldo was a cheery but i guess no it's, it's cute <laughs> it's very cute i just i i think about robots killing me all the time <laughs> I just assume that's how everybody goes. Just like uh, the, but Sam- it's still a, it's still a lovely story, and thank you, listeners, for yes. sending it in. <laughs> oh yes, these are these are great. I and appreciate. I, it was a robot that sent it in. Yeah, some it was. AI was like, I'm started AI listening to podcasts. We have the best robot listeners, <laughs> and, and particularly the list robot listeners that have been programmed to go to probablyscience.com and click on the donation button. So nice of those robots to pay us. Oh, hey. we love those robots. We we or at least we love whoever programmed <laughs> you. So big thank you to. Uh, William Mulligan, new donor Becky Grady, uh, thank you Jimmy Holes, thank you Jeffrey Gelbach, Zvonimir Kroons, uh, Bryson Rhodes, James Casson, David Worth, Peter Long, Destruction Lane, Sean Gordon, Aram, uh, uh, I'm gonna get this wrong again, Aran Malafont. Mm-hmm. I was that close. I we did. We had a whole. Sound yeah. close. Uh, and then one-off donations as well from Jason Williams. And then also from Seamus Phillips. Thank you so much, uh, all of you. And also thank you again to Austin Grossman and Sally White-Leonis. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly for the laptop that is currently... Oh, yeah. yeah. That was being used by Brandy until she got scared by the blue light. Yeah, I was using it and then the blue light scared me, so then I closed it. Thanks for trying to take my eyes. I appreciate it. Well, this light talk reminds me, I forgot I signed up for this thing called Ohm Connect. Oh. Do you know about that thing? No. Oh, you just uh-uh. got mood lighting. Yeah, I just turned off in the lights. In an instance. Because it asks That's you cool. to uh, turn off your lights during certain peak times and oh. then you get like cash back on your power bill. Oh, really? 
I was supposed to turn it off from six to seven. We'll see how much I just turned the lights off, but we're still running the podcast equipment. So we'll see what that does. Cool. That's exciting. It's a fun little game. My neighbor upstairs says she's made like $250 in the last year or something. Really? Which seems impossible. Wow. um, Check it out, I guess. Oh, connect. (laughs) Excuse me. I like that. I don't know if it's offered everywhere, but um, yeah, you just link it up to your, um, (laughs) you log into your utility, your electric company through that. And then they see if you actually turned off your shit when you said you're going to turn off your shit. Cool. Yeah, I'll start playing with that. I, I have my stuff off most of the time during the day anyway. I think it's mostly or, or the evening. AC, which we also have off because we're recording. So. Ah, true. That's why it's unbearably hot right now. <laughs> uh, are you a fan of bad taxidermy by any chance, Brandy? I uh, love it. I love it. We've done a lot of stories about that in the past. <laughs> and a listener named Alexander Jacobson just sent a picture of a real animal that looks like a bad taxidermy animal. This is an actual oh, snake. Oh, no. What a stupid looking snake. Looks like it has like Kermit the Frog <laughs> eyes. They're, they're too far forward. They're very fake looking. Oh, what a sweet little dumb snake. But he said it's an Arabian sand boa. Yeah. And the first time he saw a picture of one, he assumed it was just bad taxidermy or a toy. <laughs> Uh, apparently the eyes are positioned like that so they can peek out of the sand for prey while staying mostly covered well I'm just a snake so, we will, sorry for all the visual things on this we'll show put a link week, to that so you right. can click on it in, uh, in the show notes in uh, <laughs> on the website and also in the show notes in your podcast listener of choice you should be able to read that if you just scroll down mm-hmm. it looks like a snake that just goes guys <laughs> guys where are you going guys I was <laughs> waiting for me join in the snake games no uh uh-uh. uh poor little sad snake <laughs> really, he almost has like the pupils that Kermit has like he that, really like, does shape to him you know or yeah. it's, got, it's not exactly a circle it's like you got um, the two sides on it yeah, yeah. oh hey guys <laughs> dorky ass snake <laughs> uh, oh oh I know what we can talk about Matt I finally understand the prisoner problem oh okay do you want to yes I think I, I, I do can, as I well. can explain it in like 30 seconds I think go on go for it I mean I guess I could also just uh, read from one of the many listeners who wrote in about this but uh, to summarize quickly um, Brandy we talked about this last mm-hmm. week there's a mathematical problem where there are a hundred prisoners on death row mm-hmm. each assigned a number and mm-hmm. the warden says we're going to let you all go free if no okay there's there's a room with a hundred cupboards in it each one of them has a number on it in each of those drawers each of those cupboards the warden has put one of the prisoners numbers so it might be the same as the one on, on the, the actual door okay. might not be but it's you know one to one they're all full hundred okay. of them and then those 100 prisoners are going to go in that room one at a time and open up uh, whatever 50 drawers they want. If they find their number, great. Uh, whether or not they do, they leave. The next person comes in, looks for their number, looking through only 50 of the 100. If all of the prisoners find their own number, they all survive. If any one of them fails, they all get executed still. Yeah. And if you just like flipped a coin... A hundred times, you would have uh, this impossibly small number. It would be, it'd be mathematically impossible for them to luck into all finding their number. Mm-hmm. So, is there any strategy you could employ that would allow them a better chance than this infinitely small chance they have as it is? And it turns out there is. Hmm. And that strategy is to have each prisoner go in the room, start with the door number that is their own number. If their own number's inside that, great, very unlikely, but great. If it's not, they go and open the drawer pointed to by the number inside so if i am a seven mm-hmm. i go open door number seven i find 21 inside there go, go to door 21 21 might have 62 62 eventually one of those is going to have seven yeah so it's a matter of how long that cycle is before it comes back if it comes back before 50 you're in luck and then i initially thought well that's not any better than just having 
let's say everyone started their own number, then just go one higher every time. Yeah. Except that's not true because that would mean that guaranteed your cycle is going to take a hundred. I'm not, I'm sorry, not guaranteed, but, um, wait, hold on a second. Everyone is on the same cycle in that instance. And that cycle could be as long as a hundred, but in this other way of doing it, I guess the part I didn't put together when I was asking you how it's different, Matt, is that I was supposing that even doing this optimal way, the cycle is 100 long. And of course, it's not. It's like those 100 is, are going to be broken up into a number of different cycles. And all you have to have is, is the case where not a single one of those cycles is longer than 50. Right. So it loops back to itself. And that's about mm-hmm. a 30% chance that there won't be a single because so, there could be a cycle of 49. There could be one that's too long, which just like the two numbers are switched. There could be a bunch of tens. But as long as there's no single cycle that exists that's longer than 50, then everybody will find their own because it's guaranteed whenever you open a drawer that you are part of a cycle. It might be a cycle of one. And it's also guaranteed that it'll take you exactly the length of that cycle to get to your number for every single person, right? Yes. So if there's a cycle of 20 numbers, everyone who has one of those 20 numbers will take will be on that cycle and will take exactly 20, 20 t- times to get to their number. As in the whole, I'm just picturing it mentally, which maybe is why it's bad for you. I'm picturing a bunch of loops. The 100 is made into a bunch of loops. Yes, no, and- that, that's exactly it. So each, yeah. each person... Each person on one of those cycles is on a cycle of the same amount. So yeah, you just need there to be no cycles greater than fifty. And the whole and, and the hundred is split up into various cycles. And, and it's so, random how that happened. Unless the warden was like, I know what strategy they're going to use. In which case, yeah. he could set it up to fuck them and have them all. So it could be it could be the the hundred draws could be split into ten cycles of ten draws each. That's also very unlikely mm-hmm. that it would be exactly like that. It'd be more like one cycle of two, one cycle of twelve, one cycle of 48 one cycle of whatever that adds up to 100 yeah. and it's most likely that there will be a cycle of greater than 50 because there's a 70 percent chance that they die right even with this optimal strategy but you so, just need there to be yeah you, over 50 exactly when i make sense uh well when you were explaining this all i saw was black so in my head all of the prisoners should rise up and kill the warden and then do whatever they want because the lights are out. That's how I feel. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Turn off the lights, attack the warden. I don't know. Everything's just dark. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, it sounds interesting. <laughs> and we had uh, Dave, Dave Crosley wrote in and sort of said the same thing I did, probably more succinctly. I could have just read that. Yeah. Should we, should we um, just um, try and do a story that doesn't re- finish on a story that doesn't rely on any kind of visualization yes that's a good idea i'm sorry guys this is what happens when you bring an aphantasiac on your show <laughs> yeah, yeah you fucking how you just try harder to visualize like your non-aphantasiac sibling over there who's visualizing all the time you know what's great you just fake yelled at me but i'll never remember it after i leave <laughs> You just have some vague feeling that it wasn't nice. Whatever happened in this podcast wasn't that good. Next time I see you, I'll be like, I thought I liked Matt. Maybe I don't. I just have a feeling that he's just bad. I do have a lot of feelings about people that are always right. I think I trust my intuition quite a bit because of this. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and my gut, my gut feelings tend to be right about people quite a bit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Hmm. Takes a while, but eventually... Eventually, it collects. Radiation exposure. Deal with pictures. Well, if it's pictures, then we can also show. Yeah, you show me a photo. 
I was thinking it might be fun to try to do just have some spaghetti on hand for the next episode and have people try to do it. I don't know if you, it's yeah. possible to... Let's set people the homework of having some spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> Without looking up this story, guys, uh, I want my challenge for you is to try to find a way to break uncooked spaghetti and have the piece break into only two pieces. Get not, some not spaghetti. More. Have you ever broken a piece of spaghetti and noticed how it breaks? Yeah, it kind of breaks into... Three, kind of, right? Keep the little piece it's, in the middle? It sure does. Basically, unless you do a very specific thing, it's almost impossible to get to break into two pieces. Oh. So I'm going to try. So yeah, without Googling that, guys, go grab some spaghetti out of the cupboard and uh, see if you can make it break into two pieces. I can tell you now, you got to put one end of it in your butt. So we're going to be doing that next week <laughs> if you just get the spaghetti ready. <laughs> just... This is a thing that even Richard Feynman tried to figure out way back in the day. I bet some murderous robot got it right. Oh, yeah. I would be surprised. Actually, Actually, it might require, the thing they do might require the strength of a robot. I'm not sure if we could do it ourselves, but I'm going to try it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I uh, I could see a robot getting that question then being like, uh, what if I break the person in half? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I murder all people, then I can have whatever spaghetti I like. Yeah, exactly. No one is here to see how many pieces the spaghetti is in. Uh, I'm uh, a robot. Uh, I can sloop, slurp a big noodle. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I, I like a robot that does say, I am a robot as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're legally required to if you ask. That is an important. You know that. I Unless am they're the robot that always lies. Oh, that's true. In uh, which case, they must legally always say, I am not a robot. Liar robot money daddy. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag it's all the robots. same. <laughs> Liar robot money daddy is... That's, that's like a reasonable high school bo- like scar band. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think they have what it takes to go national. It's too convoluted. <laughs> but they're a, a very solid opening act for when national acts come through town. Yeah. Yeah, they always go first. Their friends come out. Liar robot daddy money? <laughs> yeah. Larry robot daddy money daddy. It's just like a random word generator you just went to yeah. on the web. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, what so you, you want to do the, the yeast one instead? Let's get, let's get, some, let's get yeasty in here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Scott let's do Vera, it. or Vara sent this article from Science Daily that's kind of interesting. Uh, a way to track um, exposure to radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the same way that yeast yields beer and bread can help hospital lab workers better track their daily radiation exposure, enabling a faster assessment of tissue damage that could lead to cancer. But rather than building portable cellars or ovens, Purdue University researchers have engineered yeast microbreweries within disposable badges made of freezer paper, aluminum, and tape. Simply adding a drop of water activates the yeast to show radiation exposure as they read... As read by uh, an as, Oh, I'm sorry. As read by, thank you, by an electric, electronic device. On a commercial level... Of all the words to not read, literally. Yeah, the word read. <laughs> uh, read. Uh, on a commercial level, the readout device could one day be a tablet or phone. The badge could also be adapted in the future for nuclear power plant workers and victims of nuclear disasters. Hmm. You would use the badge when you're in the lab and recycle it after you've checked your exposure by plugging it into a device, says Manuel Ochoa, a postdoctoral researcher at uh, Purdue's School of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Radiology workers are regularly exposed to low doses of radiation when they obtain patient imagery, such as x-rays. While protective uh, gear largely keeps workers within a safe range of radiation exposure, absorbing a little bit is still inevitable. Radiation doses creeping above regulated guidelines pose risk for developing conditions such as cancer, cataracts, I didn't know that, uh, skin irritation, or thyroid disease. Currently, radiology workers are required to wear badges called dosimeters on various parts of their bodies for monitoring their radiation exposure, said Babak Zai, Purdue professor of electrical and computer engineering. They wear the badges for a month or two, then they send them to the company that made them, but it takes weeks for the company to read the data and send back a report to the hospital. That seems like a bad system. Yeah, that's uh, a bad vendor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
for literally just something that's just instant death. Yeah, but yeah, this time, seriously. has it been Or not even long? instant death, like gradual death. Yeah, a really bad, painful death. So theirs is much cheaper and gives an instant readout. Um, the success of the badge lies in the quick and measurable response of yeast to radiation. The higher the radiation dose, the higher the percentage of yeast cells that die. Wetting the badge activates the cells that are still alive to eat glucose and release carbon dioxide, the same fermentation process responsible for brewing beer and making bread rise. When carbon dioxide bubbles to the surface, ions also form. The concentration of these ions increases the electrical conductivity of yeast, hmm. which can be measured by hooking up the badge to a readout system. Interesting. Uh, so they use the change in electrical properties of the yeast to tell them how much radiation damage is incurred. A uh, slow decrease in electrical co- conductivity over time indicates more damage. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, they could detect a radiation dose as little as one millirad. That's not much rad, dude. No. Uh, millirad. In the yeast badges, which is comparable to current commercial badges. <laughs> so cool. That way is to, really way cool. Way to use yeast in a useful way. Yeah, that's fun. Some I like yeast it. Badges. You guys have seen yeast badges, right? They opened for uh, <laughs> cherry uh, sugar. I already, I already forgot. You the, already forgot God it. Damn. That's why it's not a good band no, name. There's too exactly. many words. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Millerad. Crash, crash test dummy daddies. <laughs> That's one of the worst band names too, right? Can we agree? Crash the crash test dummies. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely pretty bad. I also, very morbid commercial campaign, just in general. For crash test dummies. Yeah. Well, like the the co- oh, when the actual those? crash test dummy guys that I were just like, oh man, oh, what's going on? Oh my god, our seatbelts hold on. Oh, we're gonna fall apart and we're gonna crash into a wall. The job Oopsie. is to get dismembered. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, what was going on upstairs there for a second? I don't I know if that got picked up by the mics. I think it won't be very loud in the mix. Really? Yeah. That was a vacuum? Yeah, there's a vacuum. Vacuum on hardwood is a is a very percussive... Um... It sounded like someone was just shaving someone. <laughs> you know, seriously. Like there's just some sheep shearing going on upstairs. <laughs> it's a robot trying to break spaghetti. That's what's happening upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Must destroy spaghetti. <laughs> So you've got good pitch. Again, the Aphantasia doesn't... Can no. you get songs stuck in your head? Not really. You can't get... Not uh, really. But you could sing I, a song right now without any prompting and have, like, relative pitch within that song. Yeah. I, like, know what... It, I, like, know what the song is once it starts, or if I, like, give myself a second, I can be like, oh, there it is. But it, take, it takes me a second to, like, get into it. But, like, I, I match that pitch. I can match yes. pitch like crazy. But, but you couldn't, you'd, you'd never have a song in your head all day and you're like, God damn it, I can't get this out of my head. No, so, doesn't really happen. That's nice. That is nice. Doesn't really happen that at all. It must be a delight. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, 50 first dates over here every day. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't sort of, for months after the election, just see Trump's face as you fell asleep every night? No, no, thankfully not. I mean, I, I was terrorized in other ways. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I I still am upset <laughs> every right. day about That's, it. Yeah. So Aphantasia does still allow you to have emotions. Okay, yeah. noted. I still feel things, you guys. I'm not just like a weird... <laughs> not just like a uh, spaghetti-bending robot over yeah. here. Yeah. Hide those spaghetti... <laughs> I'm not... Robots. That's, uh... yeah. Is that the name? What was the name? Brandy was just it? goes on a spaghetti rampage as we finish recording. <laughs> Liar Robot Money Daddy. Liar Robot Money Daddy. See again, good memory. Yes. Yeah. How did you I, remember that? I have a great me- I, because because I made the because I'm now the joke. Once I once I like was talk about it, then it's like when I'm doing a set list. I like once I see a word, I'm like I know what that joke is. Yeah, you could remember the logic. Jo- you just can't yeah. remember the physical appearance of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's what it is. As we're winding down, should we do the thing that I'm sure, or maybe not sure, the thing I would. Uh, 
I wanted to ask you pretty quickly into finding out about ask this. Ask me what, whatever you want. I'm a completely open book about you this. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can feel free to say you don't want to answer this. No, no, that's fine. Okay. I don't even know where you're going with this question. I mean, you know, just sex, dirtiness. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Is there such a thing as an aphantasia spank bank? No. It doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist whatsoever. I always thought that that was just like a euphemism. I like had no idea that that was a thing that people can actually just recall visuals to themselves. Yeah. Which to me means that y'all are lazy is <laughs> all that tells me of stimulation yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean i um uh, something that's really that i have found very interesting while i've been researching this is that like a lot of it, people with aphantasia um are also demisexual which do you know demisexual? do you know what I that is heard of i'm googling hang on yeah i think so is demisexual sort of asexual until you really get to know someone like you have to basically yeah you, you don't really have instant attraction to people you have to it's you're attracted to like their who they are as a person not right. like their physical appearance so it's once once you really get to know someone that's when you can suddenly find them yeah attractive right. got it yeah and like i i'm like kind of on a scale of that like i've never i was never like boy crazy like i really don't have a lot of like crushes i very rarely i've never <sighs> I, I very rarely like give a shit about like hot people. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> no, hey, listen, I was not. I do. I hunk. I do not. Uh, and, uh, sorry, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, sorry Matt. <laughs> just, no, just, you know, I just. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, you know what I mean, though. But yeah, it, it, it's like so. There, oh, we know. We know. You know we know. We know. Look, we're we're we all have faces for podcasting. It's great. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a uh, yeah. I. I just I I don't have any of that stuff. I don't really care about it. Yeah. I learned about the concept of demisexuality and aphantasia thanks to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's really interesting. I'm actually I'm in a couple different aphantasia groups and I found out about demisexuality from from those groups because a lot of people were like, "Oh, I'm also this." And I was like, "Well, that's interesting." I never really thought of myself that way. And like, I don't 100% fall into that, but to me it is also just like I don't I I don't care like I I can write people off very quickly if you are a bad person in some way. Uh-huh. And I feel like a lot, I feel like my, my more like my morale, my morality code is like a lot stricter than a lot of other people's kind of because of it. Cause you don't get sense. swayed by prettiness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but that, that is a thing. Know, that, it is. Yeah. Like juries are swayed by. Yeah. Yeah. The, people are far more likely to vote for yeah. the electoral candidate who just mm-hmm. is, has taller and has a more <laughs> yeah. symmetrical face yeah like, yeah there's absolutely been, there's been studies i think we've talked about this on the show mm-hmm. where there was one where they showed debates between for races that people wouldn't have seen from just local races and went uh who do you think won this election and they just showed a soundless clip of yeah. the debate oh shit and mm-hmm. people went that person Is and they were stati- they were correct to a statistically significant amount of the times yep just for a short very short few seconds worth of mm-hmm. zero sound footage and went yeah that's the winner of this election yeah the one that i'm attracted to is the one that wins or the one that just has something at least it yeah gives off uh mm-hmm. yeah this is the winner yeah i mean that it's, it's interesting to me because it's like i don't i've never had a lot of celebrity crushes until i see somebody like do panel and like they're funny or like they 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 have a personality that I'm into, and then I'm like, oh, I like your personality. Now you're attractive to me. Yeah. I've never been like, oh my god, that guy is super hot. Like I don't give a shit about that's that. interesting. The, the other people yeah. who I've uh-uh. spoken to who have versions of aphantasia, I, I'm not sure have that. Mm. I'd have to check now. I know yeah. they might still be my friend Janelle, who messaged me after, who I know listens to this podcast and messaged me after 
listening to us talk about this and went, I think I have this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has it, but maybe I'm wrong. Janelle, if you're listening, am I wrong or uh, or or is that something that well, chimes with you? And it isn't. It doesn't mean that you don't have a sex drive or like you are asexual. It's just like what you have to know somebody to be attracted, to right? Them. Yeah, like it, there, there's a difference there where it is just like yeah, that's the difference between asexual either. That's no. the difference between demisexual no. and asexual. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just you need. There needs to be some kind of emotional bond. Yeah, exactly. Like I've never, I've never understood the appeal of like one night stands or anything. And not to judge people that do. That's great. This is just how my brain works. And like, it's interesting that having learned about it, it's been like, oh no, that's just like the way. That's just the way I'm programmed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Done. Great. Right. Yeah. For the same reason that you're not attracted to televisions with high resolutions <laughs> yeah i couldn't I mean, you give a shit about money. it you know pay for lower uh yeah. lower bandwidth internet package get yeah. like a secondhand tv you have to uh-huh. really get to know a box set before you can <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true actually <laughs> right. there are very few tv shows that i want that i would want to own unless i like really loved them right you know? i think these days owning any movies or tv shows seems sort of crazy doesn't yeah. it like it uh, does I feel bad uh, until invested in until the robots take over and steal oh, okay, your shows away true. from you and they like how am i going to enjoy the wire yeah that's the I question i haven't seen the wire someday oh. i'm going to be holed up in a hospital for a month and i'll just watch i'll binge the wire but until then uh, here's hoping here's hoping yeah sooner rather than later really hoping for a because it's a really good show so i hope you at some really point great. get some horrible physical injury yeah i am watching it for the first time right now actually oh shit i'm in the middle of the first season it's funnier than you think it is oh because see, i didn't know it was gonna be funny I yeah maybe i'm putting it off no that's me t- i thought it was a grim cop show and watching it i'm like oh this show is like actually kind of like darkly funny and a lot of really fun ways so that like that that's you, what a pleasant you heard surprise. your first probably scientist the wire a good tv show <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put a link to the word the yeah. wire in our show notes as well at it's hard Bran- to remember but brandy uh-huh how can aside from stalking aphantasia <laughs> support groups on yes. the internet how can our listeners track you down uh you can find me on twitter and uh instagram at brandazzle um two z's and uh brandyposy.com brandy with an ie posy with an ey is my website and um i tour like uh four or five months out of the year and i'm kind of all over the place so you do uh, you, th- you you always impress me you're one of those people who's very good at setting up your own tours even from relatively early on yeah yeah find indie venues i don't know whether that mm-hmm. also comes from being a scar <laughs> fan as well and that sort of diy yes punk I, community of just well, we'll oh, fuck it we'll find a venue somewhere and we'll put on a show yeah i know i might in my heart of hearts i was like well i mean uh, people aren't gonna let me figure out how to do an hour in la so let me go figure out how to do it somewhere else and then point. you know i'm just gonna go and do it so yeah almost <laughs> yeah. certainly brandy will be somewhere within mm-hmm. driving distance from you at some point in the next couple is yeah absolutely so find me there and then um i have an album uh called opinion cave that is on uh uh spotify and all the places that you buy albums um if you listen to sirius xm uh request a track from it i oh, would shit. very much appreciate that because I, I didn't know that was a thing you could do oh That's yeah raw dog radio is like where all my money from the album comes from so if That's you listen awesome, huh? if you listen to sirius at all put uh, request that and then i have a podcast called lady to lady uh with barbara gray and tess barker two other female comics and we have a uh, different uh, female guest on every week we kind of just bro out and answer some answer some advice and kind of just you know tell some goofy stories and, and you guys have been killing it with that for a long time now how, yeah, how many years have you been five and a half it'll be six in november which is crazy that it's been that long. You guys are probably around that around too, same. right? Yeah, I can't believe that either. Yeah, it's, it's 2012. Yeah. It's weird when you, you're like, oh no, we're episode 300. And you're like, that's once a week. 
for years. Yeah, you just realize people are like, how did you? Just, we just didn't stop. Just didn't stop. Yeah, you just keep <laughs> we going. Just decided to not stop. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to be like an old guard podcast now. People are like, how long have you been doing yours? And I'm like, oh, I'm glad I got in when I did. Even when I started, I was like, oh, this is already six years past podcasting's yeah, prime. Because I thought I 2006 is when like Pardo and Ricky Gervais and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like anybody after that is like, there's no more room for. Like since then, it's been. Ballooned. Everything that's big has started after. Yeah, like, yeah. Favorite murder is only like a year it's and a half. Suddenly old. selling yeah. out. Yeah, big theaters, massive spaces. Plenty <laughs> of room left for a good podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so you can find me on all that stuff. Find oh, me. By the way, yes. listeners who have aphantasia, can you recommend any like groups that they should check out, like on Facebook and things? Uh, yes. Like? What are they? What are they called? There's there's one that I'm in. I'm looking it up very quickly. Uh, I wish this phone would recognize my thumb. My I did the update and doesn't recognize the thumbprint anymore. Oh shit! And I should just turn it off because I hate it. But um, it's one called Aphantasia Aware. It was one that I'm in, and I really enjoy that quite a bit. Um, that's on Facebook. In? Yeah, that's on Facebook. Um, Aphantasia Awareness Group is the full name. Um, yeah, that one's pretty great. I'll send you. Yes. I'll send you a link we'll, for that. See if we can link to that on the. Uh... Yeah, the show notes. You should be able to. It's 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 really yeah. It's cool and it's just like it's interesting because like literally every day there's somebody that comes on and they're just like, I have this, and everyone's like, it's, <laughs> it's okay. okay. <laughs> you made it this far. It's not like you've been fucking up your whole life. Like yeah. you've lived your life perfectly fine. You just now learn that there's a whole other thing. It's interesting because it's definitely also made me like look at art very differently. Not like dislike it but also but just more just be like oh okay so van gogh just like saw this shit and then he painted it he didn't like imagine something new it's just like the way that what the thing that he saw like a lot of artists that i've talked to they can paint they can like they their vision just works differently than than ours does Mm -hmm. or they like like they can like see something in their mind and then turn it off and then bring it back oh that's i'm not sure how much well, he wouldn't look at a flower and look at his painting of a flower and go, this is the Nail same it. as that. <laughs> he might have. He was fucking nuts. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but but he yeah. definitely... Yeah, I see what you mean. If you are someone who, again, has no visual mm-hmm. imagination, like no, yeah. no ability to... Yeah. Your brain just doesn't has a block on that, then yeah, I can see how that would be baffling to you. Go, like, why would you... Mm-hmm. Why would you make a flower, a sunflower, look like that? Because that's not what a sunflower looks yeah. like. That- or he could like manipulate it like with the way that he looks at it, but and, like get that a completed thing before he paints it or anything. Like, right, that's, or at that's least have a, a, a visual yeah. style, an idea of a visual mm-hmm. style would be created by your imagination combined with your vision. Yeah, and you yeah, you, you can, only have you the vision. Draw? Yeah, I can draw. But I, it's more like I like doing like abstract stuff that I kind of like am making up on in the spot. Okay, I never so have a pre-planned idea. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very, it's really interesting to me to be like, oh, you have like a pre-planned thought in your head that you're just like, oh, and that's the thing no, that just, this is. My, fa- my hand is just a printer now for this thing that's already been processed. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's the craziest thing to me in the world that I've that I've found out so far. That 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 one really kind of blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's but, an interesting. It's it's all crazy. <laughs> Our but, brains all work differently. <laughs> I know it's, it's so interesting. We could talk. And we got so many other emails as well from other people who are like, well, I don't have this, but here's a weird thing I discovered my brain does too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a really great article also that um, one of the engineers at Facebook um, found out that he had aphantasia and he wrote a great like Facebook blog kind of 
detailing his process of him emailing or him like messaging all of his friends to be like describe what does this mean what does this mean to you if i if i tell you to describe this what does this mean and is it's it blake ross is it this yeah it's okay. that we'll it's to that. yeah it's a, it's a really interesting read of him of him in real time kind of discovering and like teaching his friends what it means and everyone's just like what are you talking about you can't just picture a beach in your mind and he's like no i can't yeah and you can <laughs> right that, yeah. that's gonna be the weirdest part of just realizing suddenly just realizing that all these things as you were growing up that yeah. you assumed were metaphors. Yeah. Are l- were just way just, more how, literal. Yeah. Just how people's, oh, when people go like, yeah, picture what he looks like. They, yeah, I am literally picturing what a person looks like. A picture of that person is appearing in my mind. Never and for you, it's just, life. in your head, that was just, no, it's just someone being sort of lyrical with their yeah. sort of turn of phrase. Well, it's also kind of why I hate yoga. I hate the visualization <laughs> stuff at the end of yoga class where they're just like laying on a mat and close your eyes and picture all this shit. And I'm just like, I just feel like I'm dead and wasting my time. That's like <laughs> just, all that happens. I'm just to lying me. down, being annoyed, and picturing <laughs> the word. Beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not even seeing beach. I'm like, okay, I know what a beach is, and then I'm just like, yeah, I wish I was at the beach instead of being in this damn mat. I just feel like I'm dying. That's straight up what happens to me the entire time. That is awesome. That's hilarious. Brandy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, everyone who donated as well. The mm-hmm. other way you can help us is by spreading the word, tweeting, Facebooking, all that good stuff, writing nice things about us on iTunes and on your podcast reviewer of choice, giving us nice five star ratings too and we will oh any questions comments clarifications you can email us probablyscience at gmail.com including stories you want us to cover you can also find us at probablyscience find Brandy at at branddazzle find us individually at Andy T. Wood Mm -hmm. and at Matt Kirshen Thank you so much for joining us, Brandy. Thank Anytime. you, listeners. Oh, and can I plug one thing? Oh, yeah, On absolutely. Monday, tune into the Game Show Network. Uh, oh, is Monday your episode the, finally Monday airing? Monday the 20th. If you turn on America Says on the Game Show Network, you might see someone you recognize on one of the teams. Ooh. And also, I don't plug this all the time. I keep forgetting to, but the Jim Jeffrey Show still yes. is. Oh, yeah on and available it's also one in the uk i think i have mentioned this since we started in the uk they finally re-found out a way of broadcasting it in britain but you can get it in the uk <laughs> australia canada america obviously and i think quite a few other countries as well i think it's on various forms of comedy central across europe and asia sweet so get that check it out the more awesome. of you who watch it the more chance i have of still having a job on it next year <laughs> that's true don't pirate it though you gotta like uh buy a nielsen box and then uh yeah get it get a nielsen you yeah. get find just get yourself yeah. a become a nielsen family and then watch it leave your tv on or no don't only during that show yeah watch what nothing but our TV? show <laughs> what watch if you just no- left it on comedy central the entire time would they all get i don't know I want to be a nielsen comedy central so will be like Who's watching us? This so much? few people watch shows now that I think literally one Nielsen family is enough to spire. Like, oh, people love it in Ohio. <laughs> anyway, yes. thank you, listeners. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you. Yeah. See you next week. Bye bye.